It's Monday, January 9th, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Goodwill Talk Daily. Great to be with you again today. Pastor Marcus with you as we are going through the book of Isaiah for 2023. A lot of really cool things going to be happening in the book of Isaiah. Um, And to set us up well... We are looking at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1, and a list of four kings that reigned while Isaiah was doing his prophetic ministry. And really, these four kings provide an important backdrop for us um, so that we understand why Isaiah says some of the things he says in his prophecies. It's a long book. It covers four different reigns. And so we just want to make sure we understand some of the background so that when we get into the book of Isaiah next week, we have an idea of why he's saying these things in the way that he's saying them. So let's look again at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. And then we will dive into the life of Hezekiah. Isaiah 1 verse 1, the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amos saw during his reigns of during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now we looked last week at Uzziah, Jotham, and Ahaz. This week, we're devoting an entire week to the reign of Hezekiah because uh, the writer of Second Chronicles gives us a lot of that information. He tells us what's going on um, in Hezekiah's reign in much more detail than he did the first three kings. And we want to get as many of these lessons as we can from Hezekiah's life uh, because it'll help us understand a little bit better what's going on in the book of Isaiah. So we're turning our attention to 2 Chronicles chapter 29 today. Uh, We're going to look at the first 20 or so verses, and uh, I think it's the first 19 verses, actually. And we're going to learn something really important from the initial acts of Hezekiah as recorded in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, starting in verse 1. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years, His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side and said, Listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our parents were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him and to burn incense. Then these Levites sent to work from the Kohathites, Mahath, son of Amasai, and Joel, son of Azariah. From the Merorites, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalalel. From the Gershonites, Joah, son of Zimah, and Eden, son of Joah. From the descendants of Elizapham, Shimri, and Jael. 
from the descendants of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah, from the descendants of Heman, Jehiel, and Shemel, and from the descendants of Jeduthun, Shemaiah, and Uzael. When they had assembled their fellow, Israel, their fellow Levites and consecrated themselves, they went to purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord. The Levites took it and carried it out to the Kidron Valley. They began the consecration on the first day of the first month, and by the eighth day of the month they had reached the portico of the Lord. For eight more days they consecrated the temple of the Lord itself, finishing on the sixteenth day of the first month. Then they went into King Hezekiah and reported, We have purified the entire temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the table for setting out the consecrated bread with all its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king. They are now in front of the Lord's altar. It's a little bit of a confusing passage, I know, and there's this list of names of the different priests who get to, to work, but I think what's important for us to see here is that in the first month of the first year of Hezekiah's reign, so, you know, when, you, when we have a new president come in here in the United States, um, they say, here's what I want to do in my first hundred days. Well, here's what Hezekiah did in his first 16 days. First order of business for Hezekiah when he took the throne, purify the temple of the Lord. Ahaz had um, really desecrated the temple during his reign. He'd brought in false uh, altars. He'd, he'd caused people to worship false gods. He was a wicked man who turned the nation's hearts towards idolatry. And Hezekiah, when he comes, he, he's, a, he's a king after the Lord's heart. He's a good king. He does what is pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And the first thing he does is he cleanses the temple. He cleans it up that it might be used for proper worship. And we'll look at that worship tomorrow. But I want you to see, maybe even as we enter into this new year, it's only the second week of the year, right? The importance of cleansing, the importance of removing those things which are offensive to the Lord. That was the first thing Hezekiah did. He said, I want to make sure that this place is cleaned up. We're, we're going to send the priests in to consecrate the whole thing again to consecrate, to, to pray over, to bless, to cleanse, to wash, to make whole, to make right the things of God. You know, we don't have a temple anymore. We, we don't need one. The, the Lord is our temple, and we are the body of the Lord, so we are the temple of the Lord. And so, instead of having to cleanse a space, what we really need is we need the Lord to make sure that he is regularly cleansing us cleaning out those wayward and wicked things that are in our hearts and our souls. And, and I, as you head into this new week, I wonder if you should take some time today to ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart, to cleanse you. You know, they took all these wicked things and they took them to the Kidron Valley. And the Kidron Valley is a place that we've seen before. Um, it's in the story of Elijah. When Elijah had the priests of the false god Baal, killed for leading Israel astray. He had them taken down to the Kidron Valley. It's the place where God judges wickedness. I wonder if there are things that need to go down into the Kidron Valley in your life. If there are things that need to be put to death for the sake of your following after Jesus Christ. 
those things of wickedness, those sins that need to be removed, taken to the Kidron Valley and disposed of. That's what Jesus does for us. He disposes of those sins. The Holy Spirit points them out. He says, these things need to be consecrated to the Lord. These things in your life need to be cleansed. Have them taken to the Kidron Valley and cleansed. Have them wiped away. Do so by repenting before the Lord for your sin. You know, there is a, a, a clean heart that can be created in you. It's possible. It doesn't matter what sins you've committed. It doesn't even matter what sins you're planning on committing. You can turn away from them right now. You can repent, be cleansed, and those things can be disposed of forever. This is the grace that we have in Christ. This grace is what Hezekiah was relying on when he cleansed the temple. And as you do that, you will find your worship that much more sweet, the nearness with Christ that much more clear. So let's pray together now for cleansing, that we might be able to worship him in spirit and truth, not only this coming weekend, but every day of our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we need cleansing. We need to be made clean and whole before your sight. Lord, would you show us that you can take even the worst of our sins and cast them into the Kidron Valley where they are disposed of forever. We never have to see them again. We don't have to know about them again. You will destroy our sins, casting them as far as the east is from the west. We confess and we ask, would you create in us a clean heart, cleanse our souls, that we might worship you, that we might live for you as disciples of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the grace that you've given us. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Be at work in us this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily.